And she, I know, she's marrying some goofball. And she called me up, and they wanted my big package, and it was like I don't know, three thousand dollars. And all I'm thinking is, you do realize I'm going to use that as a drop, right? <laughs> no, no, no. They wanted my big package. <laughs> they wanted my big package. You sound good. Everybody's talking into their microphone correctly. Oh, good deal. And uh, we don't have to um, correct for Meg's cartoon voice. Squeaky, squeak, 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 squeak. Testing one, two, three on my mic. It's been a long time. It's been a while. Well, you looked at me and he looked at me, so it was my turn. Then it We always go to the left. Always to the left. Testing one, two, three on my mic. Testing one, two, three on my mic. Testing one, two, three on my mic. I'm Todd Meisner. I'm Todd Walbert. I'm Paul Coletti. And I almost forgot who I was <laughs> because we haven't done the podcast for so long. I haven't said my own name. Uh, we want to apologize to all our avid listener um, who's out there that uh, we haven't done this in a while, but we've all been really busy with basketball practice and weddings and whatnot. And, and with the original three are back in a room. And the re- reason the original three are back in the room, because we're going to talk about stuff we just bought. Huzzah. Gear we think you should buy and spend your money on. Todd, what have you bought recently? Probably the biggest thing uh, was I bought an X-T2, a Fuji film X-T2 body. Uh, with the battery did you, pack. Did you just say the word film? It's Fuji Film is the name of the company. Oh. Still. I don't know. Yeah. Go figure. Um, but I know this because if you type in Fuji, it takes you all over the place. But Fuji Film will take you where you need to be. Oh, maybe that's why they do it. Maybe. I don't know. So anyway, why would you buy this fancy um, bit of equipment? I was, I was looking for a camera that uh, would serve me well in the things that I'm doing now, which are weddings and seniors and things like that. Um, the Fuji's a mirrorless camera. Uh, it's in, it's the, the APS-C sensor. Um, I bought, you know, I don't know, I've got four, three primes and a zoom for it now. Um, it shoots pretty fast. It really makes a nice JPEG. It really makes a nice raw file. And um, it's really intuitive to use. It has uh, the EVF, the electronic viewfinder. Um, and you have, uh, you can, you can set it up so it'll exposure. You know, you can see what it's what you see is what you get when uh, you're shooting, um, which is great because my second shooter's not always uh, real adept at, uh, you know, thinking about these things. And it's a great, easy camera for me to set and forget. And, um, you know, my second shooter can use without a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of mental gymnastics on, on what settings they should be and, and these things. Um, it's fine. I think Fuji, the X-T1, which I owned as well, I wasn't as wild about it. The focus was a little slow. Uh, it only had a single card slot, uh, which bothered me, especially for shooting weddings and such. Um, the, the X-T2 has gone to two SD card slots. Um, the focus is really quite fast. Um, I don't know if it's, if it's um, you know, sports fast. I don't, it's probably not bird watching fast, but it's pretty fast for an EVF. Um, and it's, it's been, it's been kind of a constant, I'm still kind of my doing, going from the mind shift from Nikon to Fujifilm and the, you know, where buttons are, um, where things exist. Uh, that's been hard and I'm still kind of working on it. Um, I had an engagement this last weekend and I started with the Fuji cameras and probably about 20 minutes into it. I went to I went and grabbed my Nikon out of the car. I was just like, well, this is just too hard on my brain. Yeah, muscle memory and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, but I think, um, you know, what I bought it for, it's going to work well. Um, now, what did you? What does something like that cost with the the, the package that you purchased? Um, I got an, a ridiculously good deal out of Camera Corner over in Davenport. Um, they took my XT1 in on trade. Um, and they gave me, and, it, and I'm going to say for the, the Fuji camera, the X-T2 is, it's like $1,599, $1,600. And the, the battery, the booster battery pack, uh, which I always buy, I'm a big believer in, you know, not having to, if I'm going to miss a shot, it's not going to be because my battery's dead. That's well, like, does the battery pack help your, I mean, for those of you who have never seen how Todd is, he's got big hands. Yeah, that's so. the other that's the other thing is having a little more, little more landscape room, a little more room for my uh, my sausage fingers is uh, <laughs> a genuine uh, good thing. Um, and it also, it, I think it took the frames per second up to, 
and went from like 11 to 14 or something. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and, I, and that's kind of cool because there's a boost mode, uh, and that's how you get there. But, um, and it's, you know, it's got the, you know, the portrait set up for the buttons on the side. Um, but the, uh, the, the, and I, I'm trying to think, I think all, all sold with my X, trade my XT1 in, I got the battery pack, which is like 280 normal and, uh, and the XT2 body, uh, for like a thousand bucks. So really, yeah, that's a good deal. Yeah. What, really so what is the average schmo look to, to pay for all of that? Um, I probably, you're probably a little bit closer to two grand and that's why it was so hard for me. Um, because I was, I was so on the, on the edge for the Nikon, the D500 bo body, um, because that was, I, in, at Christmas, Nikon was running that crazy deal where you got the body for like 18, I want to say. Yeah. And they and threw in the free, battery pack yeah, yeah, free right after I bought two. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Thanks, Nikon. Uh, yeah. Right after. Yeah. Um, and then now I want to say, so that was with an 18 for that body and camera and i was so close to that it wasn't even funny but um and if it was me going to be using that camera i probably would have bought the d500 um but it wasn't going to be me using the camera or in theory it wasn't going to be me using the camera so uh, or always using the camera so i went with something that i thought met our needs and plus the the it's because it is mirrorless uh it is completely and utterly silent um and there's a couple of churches that um the officiants are complete Nazis. Whoops, did I come on? Uh, when it comes to noise, so uh, I'm really looking forward to shoot it in those environments where it's just going to be. You can really rub their faces in nothing. it. Yeah, you watch me. Take yeah, you the just picture. sit there, yeah. hold the button down, yeah. going, "Look, no noise. No noise. Screw <laughs> you. Um, Eat it, Father." You know the the thing about that whole the whole mirrorless system for me, like I I can't. I mean, I mentally can't make the leap. Because I just, I'm too entrenched in my muscle memory when you're on a new scene. I just, I don't feel like I can make the, I could make the switch because it's got, you know, it took me this long to build muscle memory. I'm not about to switch. And even switching to the D500, there were some things where, wait a minute, where's the button? You know, but anyway, you get used to it. And quite frankly, I don't think there are, I think there might be one, maybe two mirrorless cameras on the market now, brand new that would be well suited to newspaper work. Right. But I mean, I don't even if you wanted to make the jump to mirrorless for the kind of work you do at a newspaper, I don't you'd be hard pressed to be able to find a camera that could do it. Yeah. The only yeah. the only thing I would want a mirrorless camera for is the courtroom. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. in Iowa and Illinois we can shoot in the courtroom yeah. and we have to shoot with this big Car, you know, thing that yeah. smells like everybody else's hands, <laughs> you know, the, uh, or if Meg's been shooting, smells like her makeup, uh, yeah. and um, and, and it just it's um, For the which actually shoot. her makeup smells better than our hands, yeah. so we'll just go, go, go from that. Yeah. Uh, thank God Meg yeah. used this last. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's because you're just you you shoot click and you're like, oh, there the other shot went by when I yeah. was shooting on single frame on as yeah. quiet as I can get it in the, in the bag. Yeah. yeah. And that blimp bag is just, it's awkward. Yeah. You know, I, oh, yeah. I put so it on hot. a, yeah, I mm -hmm. put it in yeah. a, uh, the, the 70 to 200 on a monopod simply because then it's, it's resting in front mm -hmm. of me. Right. So I don't have to do with it, or I just send someone else to shoot a trial because I <laughs> yep, sitting nice sitting man. super quiet in the back of the courtroom, trying not to draw attention to myself, is it is excruciatingly physically hard. Yeah. Simply because I fidget when I when I'm standing, just because of my back. Because you know, after yep. 51 years of carrying gear around, oh, yeah. you get well, not 51 years. I carried other stuff around before I got into it, <laughs> but um, just carrying stuff around all these years, I get the you know, you get your lower back is just kind of fused, and and so it'd be nice to have a lighter option that you could you didn't have to make any kind of adjustment for other than you know setting the exposure. So yeah, yeah. anyway, uh, I purchased the uh, the um, well. Is there any advice you had get before we switch to one of us? What advice with this camera? If you're if someone's in the market for this camera. Um, is your what kind of advice would you give them in the search? 
Well, I, you know, and you, we all get this. I don't know how many times you've been peppered with people asking you what camera they should buy. Yeah. And it is so hard. Um, the choices are so good right now. Yeah. I, I don't think there's ever been a better time um, uh-huh. to be in photography. Um, but I would probably say really, really think hard about what you're going to use it for. Um, I don't know that this, this, you know, I don't, I wouldn't go shoot eagles with this photo or this camera. Um, maybe golf as far as sports go, but I don't know how to make a great baseball camera. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a, you know, it's, you know, 14 frames a second sounds like a lot, but, uh, with the EVF, you know, there's some inherent issues with that. You know, there is leg time, no matter how fast it is, there's still leg time. Um, so there's, you know, there's a lot of things that I would probably say do a lot of mental thinking about. Um, I do think there's a race now between Nikon and Canon to come out with a mirrorless DSLR sized pro ish body that'll take, you know, legacy glass. that will take their, their lines. And I think whoever wins that you're going to see, you know, that'll be the, you know, the, uh, iPhone of cameras for a while, you know, everybody else is going to be chasing and, um, and Nikon really needs a victory here. Um, sounds like, but, um, but I do think I think mirrorless is the future, and I think where it comes in. Um, I thought the children were our future. <laughs> that's, I have children, and that's nonsense. <laughs> Just kidding, Lauren and Amelia. I'm sure you're not listening. Um, but no, I think uh, I think there's there's in the, the the video integration uh, for a lot of the mirrorless stuff is is in the cinematic lenses and things like that are really, you know, having that aperture button on the or a, aperture ring on the lenses and. Yep. Anyway, so I, you know, I'd probably say, you know, think hard about what, uh, what you're going to use it for, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if you, if you're a sports shooter, go get a D500, you know, easy peasy. Yeah. The, uh, when you say what you're going to use it for, which is the exact reason why I've invested in Flashpoint's, um, yeah. R2 system, um, for years I carried, you know, we, we shoot player portraits uh, we shoot a lot of environmental portraits in the newspaper business, and here at the paper, we shoot our players of the week portraits. We actually shoot two a week: one for the area, the outlying schools, and one for the in-town schools. And so, being creative isn't necessarily posing the kids a- at all, but is is how you light them, just to to break it up to make them look a little bit different. Yeah, the mood you're trying to create, right? You're, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so. Um, I would I had you know started to do more of them when you guys left and so um I wanted to you know change the way my look cuz you know Paul kind of learned under me yeah. and and then went his way and then so I didn't want to go increase from that point so I was in, introducing gels and stuff to the to the backgrounds just mm-hmm. to to offer a different look or somewhere and you look at it and knew it was me that shot yeah. it and so basically I was putting stealing from the Des Moines Register a little bit and Rodney White um, and putting they were using for some of their player portraits for colleges. They were using this kind of uh, an array of lights behind in a pattern that made it look kind of stagey, like yeah. theatrical. And so what I did was dumb that down. Uh, and put two strobes with a gel that matched the team color mm-hmm. and then put those back on light stands in the background and have them pointed towards the camera so they were kind of somebody asked me how did you get that light in the in the in the uh, gym to to photograph the kid right in that spot I'm like <laughs> well i put it there uh, yeah you know, oh, you brought that light? It's like, oh, God, okay, yes, I put it there. Anyway, so you put these lights in, and, you know, there's no star filters or anything. Sometimes it's kind of hit and miss the way it hits the optics or whatever, and it's a little bit of a change. And I've, I've gotten about two or three that I've been really happy with. But I was, it was driving me crazy um, with the power, you know, I would have to, like, excuse me, I have to adjust the power on these lights. And I'd go yeah. back, and I'd adjust the power, then I'd walk. Because you have to have them far enough back that any residual light isn't giving you, so your depth of field is shallow enough, so that you, you're you not getting any residual light, so you can see the outlines of the stands and the right. pocket wizards and the battery or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you have to have them drop off. They have to have them far back. And a lot of times, and photographers that listen to us will understand this, a lot of times we're shooting a player portrait that looks like it was shot in a dark gym, and we are shooting it 
while gym class is going on yeah. off to the left. Right. And so you got to worry about your light stands getting knocked over by basketballs and whatever. Yeah. And so, and you got to work reasonably quick because the kids got to get back to class. So you kind of want to have a, a quick regimen. And I'd had it with my kit. My kit was had been cobbled together over years. Was like, well, I've got this extra strobe and this extra yep. strobe, and I've got pocket wizards and whatever, yep. and you know, I've got brackets and whatever. And I carried around in a in a um, in a low a low pro bag, which I still love. It's a great bag, but you can't stand on it when you need to be up mm, one yeah. foot higher. Yep. So anyway, I I was looking into off-market strobes, and I traded some emails with Rodney White at the Des Moines Register, and he uses, and I cannot pronounce it, the Yo, Yaguno. 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 He uses the Yaguno, but he's also a cannon shooter. And so I kind of noticed that the the stuff that I wanted – was primarily seemed to be geared towards Canon and was the stuff that was Nike wasn't priced quite where I wanted it. And then Greg Bull, who's a local shooter, said, I asked him a question of something. He goes, you got, you got 20 minutes. I'll come over and we'll talk. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he shows up here and we're sitting in the studio that we're in. And he opens his two lighting bags, and one is a big travel bag, and one is a smaller, like, over-the-shoulder bag. And he's got two separate kits that are built with flashpoint heads and uh, Godox batteries, which is essentially, for anybody who doesn't know, Godox pretty much makes flashpoint, but flashpoint is the store brand, I believe, of Adorama Mm -hmm. in New York. So I went out and bought the... The R2, it's all built in, so you buy these, buy your um, strobe heads or your speed lights, and I bought three manuals and one TTL, Um, so the TTL is in my bag, and then I have two transmitters, one in my bag, one in my box, and... um, and then I, and and those, I'm I'm able to change the power on these strobes from the camera. Now, there's other systems that do this, but this one is the only one I could find that did it for the cost effectiveness of, I think, a, a, a manual strobe head. Strobe head. And I, mm-hmm. what I mean by manual is that it's not a TTL head. So it's basically just a speed light. It doesn't, you know, doesn't have the TTL metering system built into it, but it has the R2 triggering system built in. So you just, and we did it before we came in, before we went on the air, I was showing these guys, you just... Put it on the uh, thing, put your modifier on, and adjust your, your power. And damn, if, if, if this thing has not made me faster, yep. uh, oh, yeah. and I'm now carrying it all in a Pelican case, yep. and I don't remember You're what. not wearing a rut in the floor anymore while you're the kid, you're, your subject's standing there oh. waiting for you to like, get your light no. settings dialed in. And the, yeah. and the cost effectiveness of... Um, Running these these R two strobes, yeah. um, and I and it, it, you know it's not that it's pretty new. So, you know I don't know that when I was looking eight, two years ago or something, when I, you know I mean I've been frustrated with this thing for a long time. It's just now that it it boiled over because yeah. you know Pocket Wizards are it's a great product and the Pocket Wizards the newest Pocket Wizards where you can you know put it on top of your strobe and it will adjust your strobe or whatever. Um, those are, those were great. I'm sure, but they're more, way more expensive. Yeah, I know that pro photo has exactly the same kind of control, the lights from your camera system that you now have with the flashpoint series, but they're literally 200 times more expensive. So if you have $3,500 to drop on that kind of equipment, and then you're still hauling around Profoto monoblocks and all sorts of you know super high end, heavy, cumbersome modifiers. Cool, but man, if you don't get the same results from an inexpensive, really well made kit with all those features built right in, man, why would you go any other way? Yeah, the integration for me was so key um, with this Flashpoint system, and then Greg recommended that I get the go to Amazon and get the the, the Flashpoint. Um, high um, high energy batteries are um, external batteries are more expensive than the Godox batteries on at on um, mm. Amazon. So I went to Amazon, found um, somebody that had Prime because now I'm on yeah. Amazon Prime and I'm yep. not buying anything that doesn't come Prime. Right. God damn it! 
I did that once. It's like, it's going to be here in a week. <laughs> <laughs> and as they boat it here, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like this guy pulls up in a canoe in front of the paper and hands the box to somebody. Um, so, uh, so I got this Godox battery and then this Y cable, which plugs into both power spots and then the cable that goes up into the strobe. And we were, you know, boom, recycle, boom, recycle on full yeah. power. And so, I don't really shoot on full power very often, no. but if I needed to, man, I'm good to go. I mean, if yep. you're doing an outdoor, we're, we're going into spring now. Right. So we'll have baseball players and softball players be player of the week or pace setters. Yep. So you're going to have to put a, uh, a, a neutral density filter on and to get – I really like shallow depth of field with these kinds of things. Yep. And so to get a shallow depth of field, you need, you're going to need a, a, a lot of light and, and – um, and and a and a um, neutral density filter. Neutral density yeah. filter. So, um, but the other thing that I bought to go along with this was that my modifiers. I was using a impact softbox for some stuff, and and then uh, I had some Gary Fong heads that you know uses backgrounds or bounces or whatever, and those were all fine. But then I, I don't know how I stumbled onto a goddamn YouTube. YouTube and Amazon will cause me to go broke. Yeah. But I, I stumbled on these Westcott Rapid Boxes. And they're not super big, but they're the light that comes out of them. I have yep. the Okta, what, I'm looking at it, the, the oh. Rapid Box Okta and then the Strip. It's probably 24 inches. Yeah, something like that. Yep. And then That's you it. can convert it to a beauty dish, too, with a little you know, $9, $10 adapter plate. And well, you guys whoop, I'll post it on the blog. Some of the f initial portraits that I've shot with this light. They're gorgeous. And you just, you know, we we've got this gray muslin backdrop up here next to us that I just put the subject in. I have enough little spill to the, to the, to the backdrop. There's no, there's no light on the backdrop. Yep. Um, I dialed the light down two stops I took the my fifty one four to one eight, made sure I didn't have too much coffee and focused yeah. carefully <laughs> to make sure his eyes were in focus. But um, it was a couple of portraits I took of our retiring um, city editor after you know, for a bazillion years here. He was seventy one, but he's got like one of the coolest faces you ever want to yeah, see. Yeah, for real. Um, and the, and the, they just the light was just. Unbelievable, yep. and I, I cannot recommend the Westcott Rapid Boxes. Um, yeah, I saw that photo. You posted it online, and I sent you a text, and I said, yep. "Wow, these photos of John look incredible." What kind of modifier are you using? Because it was just, man, it just knocked it out of the park. It looks so good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna light a big giant group shot with them, mm -mm. and I'd like to get I'd like to experiment with two two strips on either side of a subject um, yeah. to kind of give that effect. Mm -hmm. um, but it, uh, but you know they're 139, 140 bucks through Adorama or B and H, and and um, I, I cannot, I, I, I see yeah. no reason to not continue with these for the foreseeable future. Easy to set up, easy to break down. Uh, reasonably durable, as durable as any modifier is. Yeah. I mean, if, uh, it's, if, it's, if it's fifty mile an hour winds and you don't wow. have somebody holding down your thing, it's going to go to right. it's going to go into yeah. Kansas. But, um, but man, in for the everything I've used them for, um, and I haven't had to use them outside with an assistant yet. But it's uh, my assistant, yeah. <laughs> right? Hey, some kid in gym class here, hold this. Yeah. What are you doing? And the next thing I want to get is I want to get a boom. A reasonable yeah. lightweight boom that I can that uh, is heavy enough not to fall over yep. with this Westcott, you know, Octabox on it because um, there's with just it being on a stand, it's positioned for a lot of like people sitting. It's perfect, but man, when you've got a high school athlete in a gym and you want that light kind of up yep. above and and a little more dramatic and that yep. beauty dish on their face and let it fall down to their feet fall away to their feet and then shoot straight into them. Um, it's uh, it, it, you want the light there, but unless you've got a kid with a, with it on a pole, and then of course that's going to be inconsistent because the kid's arms are going to give out. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. the, you know, Adoram, I think has got a, a solid impact boom or flashpoint boom or somebody's boom is like 90 bucks. So I think that's the next purchase on the list. Um, I think I got the lights taken care of. 
Um, I gave Brian and Meg the strobes. I'm just not using. I mean, I have no yeah. reason in them and some pocket wizards because I just there's no reason for me to keep them anymore, and they might as well get used. And you know, their kits are building to the point where they're new enough in their career that they're mm-hmm. not necessarily sure what they they know what they want. Yeah. Um, and they haven't probably developed enough of a style yet. It, it with only doing it for as long as they've done it. But I'm mm-hmm. I'm very impressed with their. Um, with their growth as far as studio lighting, because they don't, most places don't teach you that, especially if you go to journalism school or photojournalism school, you get some maybe, but man, mastering your flash. I mean, I mean, that's, yeah. that takes a lot of time and a lot yeah. of practice and it, and it yep. costs money to, to yep. have the setup. You know, when I brought, got those Westcott things, I said, Hey, Lee, my wife, I'm like, Hey, I need you to stand in the living room, you know, with this backdrop, <laughs> you know, with the, the, the louver windows so that I can, mm-hmm. you know, shoot you at, she actually liked the picture. She's like, Oh, that is good oh, light. Nice. So anyway, so enough about me, Paul, what have you purchased? I, a little like Welbert, I bought a new body probably three months ago. What are we, in March? I think like early January I got a new body. Uh, The camera from Sony that I've been waiting ages for finally was released. Um, It's a a great camera. I shoot the A-mount, which probably doesn't mean a whole lot to most people, but in the Sony world, people know the difference between A-mount and E-mount. So it's the A-hole on the camera. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I stick everything in the A-hole, the camera's A-hole. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to lose our family-friendly yeah, rating. We right? really are. That's we right. really are. No, so I'm, I'm shooting the, the, the new um, Sony A99 II. It's um, really just a tremendous, unbelievable camera. It's got 47 megapixels here. I'm going to start sounding like a Sony commercial. 47 megapixels at 12 frames a second, Wi-Fi enabled. Um, and it just, you know, it's once again proves what I've been saying about Sony and Fujifilm and all the other kind of um, other camera makers leaving um, Nikon and Canon in their dust is that, you know, if you got the new D5, you know, that's got... I don't know what it's got, 36 megapixels or something, and you wanted to shoot 12 frames a second, oh, you'd have to sh- dumb it down to like a crop sensor. You know, oh, yeah, you know, you say, the, the oh, the new Nikon flagship, it'll shoot 12 frames a second if you're shooting in JPEGs at a crop sensor. Well, here I've got a Sony that'll shoot, you know, 47 megapixels at 12 frames a second, you know, like, you know, plus raw. And it's just like, man, I don't know what the other guy, camera guys are doing. So um, it, I've... Feature-wise, it's got every other little feature that I had in, you know, any other DSLR I've ever had. But, you know, the resolution and the frame rate and the Wi-Fi connectivity, um, you know, it's just I can't sing its praises enough. So it's it's really awesome. So it's the closest camera to a newspaper DSLR um, that that I can think of from, from Sony so far, um, which is good because I'm not ready to jump fully into mirrorless like you have, Wilbert. Yeah, um, I'm not there yet either. I'm yeah, you know, like you said, you went back to your Nikon stuff on yeah. the shoot, so um, you know, it, it really helps me bridge the gap because my muscle memory is still super strong for using Nikon cameras. Um, you know, I'm still looking for buttons where they are on like a D3, and I'm still like going through the the Sony menus looking for where all the features and functions are. You know, because I'm used to seeing them on a Nikon camera, not a Sony camera. But you know, it's all you know, sinking in slowly, but this camera is like, you know, it, it feels like a SLR, even though it's not mirrorless technically, but the mirror doesn't flip up and down. It's, it's quiet, but not as quiet as a mirrorless camera. Um, you know, it's like, it's like the missing link for me. It's the, it's the bridge between the mirrorless and a full fledged DSLR. And it's, you know, it suits me perfectly. So how many shoots have you used it for? Oh, I've probably used it on gosh, a dozen to 18. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've got a lot of use with it already. Um, and I, you know, every time I use it, I'm just blown away. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I did a shoot a couple of weeks ago with it. Um, and it was, a, it was a photo of these two people seated back to back. And I told the client, I said, oh, you know, if, if you want to crop the person on the left or the person on the right out, you can do that because this camera's got almost 50 megapixels. So if still, if you wanted to cut the frame in half and blow it up, you've got a 25 megapixel image to use, which is still unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, just, you know, getting details out of it and eyelashes are sharp and you can zoom into like 500% and see like people's retinas and it's, it's ridiculous. So does the, do your clients expect you to come with something different 
Well, I thought they I thought they would. And I talked about this before on this podcast that I was nervous jumping from a a well-recognized name brand camera system like Nikon because when you show up with Sony, it's like, Jesus, we're hiring this guy. He's shooting yeah. Sony or he's got Fujifilm cameras like he calls himself a professional. He's got rinky-dink second-rate equipment like, you know, they would just lose confidence in you. But at the end of the day, you know, your rapport with them goes I mean, I think that probably gets you 75% of the way there, you know, and then you show them the awesome images that they're getting and they don't even, they don't even bat an eye at the kind of equipment you're carrying. They know you and they know the results of the, of the images and, you know, it doesn't matter what you got in the bag, you know, as long as, as long as they trust you and that the images are strong. So, yeah. It's, I'll, I'll tell two stories here. There, there was a, not too recently, there was a Brides magazine or Bridal or some magazine came out with an article and it was one of these half-assed written articles. I know what you're going to reference here. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the, the writer in it said, you know, your photographer should be either shooting Canon or Nikon. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and as you know, you know, Nikon, great camera system. Canon, great camera system. But there's some Canon and some Nikon cameras in the lineup if you showed up and your guy had a you a know rebel. a cool pics yeah. <laughs> uh you know i mean it's yeah. just that it's just idiocy because there's a lot of really great shooters out there who are not using nikon and canon i mean there's a english guy by the name of kevin mullins who's shooting pretty much everything in black and white and pretty much everything off a of fujifilm x100 t's and x100f's which are even uh, i won't say they're a step down from uh, the XT2, but they're they're the the rangefinder kind of like a knock knockoff looking things, yep. and uh, and he's uh, he's really good. I kind of hate him, but um, <laughs> but you know it's I mean it's just well, there it's goes just that idiocy. subscription to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, something tells me Kevin's not <laughs> unsubscribed. Damn yeah. it, Kevin! Why aren't you listening? <laughs> he's weeping, <laughs> wiping his eyes with his money. Um, he, uh, but no, it, but it's just I I I don't think. And, and I, I think Nikon has, has kind of proven this with, with its app issues. Um, oh, don't get me started about well, bri- Bridge. That's the only thing I don't. I, I that absolutely infuriates me. And and anyway. I'm I'm a Nikon fan guy. I'm you know kind of ride or die Nikon. And and do you have Nikon underwear? I do. I'm wearing them right now. <laughs> uh, no, but I it's you know the fact that they they rolled out an app that was unsuccessful. I think speaks volumes. The fact that it's a year later and they still don't have it fixed. And apparently they're not putting any effort into fixing it. That man, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Fuji's app isn't great, but it works. Um, You know, I I, I haven't really messed around with a lot of Sony stuff, so I can't speak too much for it. But, you know, I hear nothing but good things. The only Sony app I've got is the one that controls the camera wirelessly through Bluetooth or through Wi-Fi. And it's flawless. It's great. Yeah. I mean, I got an automatic update with it about two weeks ago that, I mean, it was good before. It vastly improved it. Mm -hmm. I mean, awesome. Yeah. Fantastic software to accompany, you know, Uh, great equipment. Meg and I were talking about this the other day. I carry two Mm D500s. Best thing I ever did for my back. Yeah. Two D500s. And I got very frustrated in the middle. You know, I'm sitting there. You know how any kind of creative person ends up spending like, Oh crap, it's two in the morning. I've been yeah. trying to solve oh, yeah. this problem, right. yep. you know, forever. And it's like two in the morning, but I, I finally am just, I'm breaking down and I'm just going to send Nikon a note or customer service or MPS or someplace. It's like, is there a way for both my D 500s to talk to Snapbridge? Because as a journalist, yeah. I switch from wide to long back and forth at a breaking news scene constantly one two three back and forth yeah. and if you're as you're scrolling through the pictures you want to like oh i want to send this one and this one to my no you can only have one camera right. connected mm-hmm. to the phone at all so it's not a matter of disconnecting one no it's just one as far as i know you can only have one camera that's paired with your um, I could have mm-hmm. five keyboards if I want, yeah. Yeah. Um, paired with my my MacBook, but I can only have one camera that's paired with my phone with the f- app that's supposed to allow me to transfer pictures, you know, seamlessly into right. my phone so mm-hmm. to tr- send back to the office. 
So I got very frustrated with that. And I ended up, for the last couple times I've been on Breaking News, I've got the the Apple adapter where you take the SD card out of the camera and plug it into the bottom of the phone, and you scroll through and pick a few, download those off yep. the card, pull the card back cool. out of the camera, yep. and go back, put it back in the camera and go back to shooting. Because it's instead of me fighting with a Bluetooth app, I mean, if I want to have the pictures dump completely every time I shoot a picture into my phone, I can get that to do all day long. That part of it works great. But the whole, their old app worked better. Their old app that you used in, um, that was in, it wasn't even their app. It was the app that um, somebody else made who I can't remember off the top of my head. It was a third-party app, but it was worked with the iFi cards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That worked, That I mean, click, save, send, boom, Mm -hmm. done, and the iFi card, which is all but almost gone out of business, I think, because yeah. of the, the the Wi-Fi connectivity of the cameras that are yeah. even the consumer grade cameras. Right. But yeah, that I love everything about the D five hundred. But I it's, my workaround is just to not use its Wi-Fi connectivity mm-hmm. because it's not perfected yet, mm-hmm. and I keep waiting for the firmware update and yeah. the software update that makes it so. So, I mean, I used to have SnapBridge on the main page. You know how you prioritize your yeah. prioritize your apps on your yeah. on your on your home page of your phone. Well, that one's like buried in the photo folder that, you know, of the apps I use on occasion. It's not it doesn't have any more prime real estate. It's it's just gone. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I, anyway. Mhm. Yeah. Weird. You asked about like do clients expect you to show up with one thing? I've found also that not just through like the umbrella of my what camera system I choose to use but all of the ancillary stuff that I'm using as well I've also I you know I think my whole decision to like maybe um I don't know divest myself of of old guard equipment has started to work its way into all of these you know accoutrements, photography, extras, and add-ons, like my triggers and my flashes and my lenses. Never, you know, three, four years ago, I would never have dreamt of buying like a Sigma lens or a Tamron lens because I had Sigma lenses and Tamron lenses when I was in high school and college and they were junk, you know, and I was probably buying, you know, I was young and I didn't have any money. I was buying crappy lenses, but even for crappy lenses, they were pretty crappy. I mean, I was shooting like four or five to six, three, you know, zooms. The focus was really slow. The build quality was fine, but it wasn't good. You know, they weren't really sharp. But, you know, oh, you know, if you needed a lens and you only had 400 bucks, you know, Tamron was your was your company. But, I'm man, I, I own a Sigma lens. I'm blown away. It's like it's probably the sharpest. It's a 1.4 lens. It's the sharpest lens I've ever shot. It's sharper than any Nikon glass I've ever shot. Um it's sharper than the um, than the Canon and Nikon one fours, and it's not just me talking. Like I read reviews in um, you know photo magazines, and you know they put up the, the the graphs and the charts and all like you know the the fancy little spreadsheets they have to test camera lens performance. And the Sigma lens outperforms you know everything that's ever been produced, and it's like wow, this Sigma lens is off the charts good. Um, you know, and Tamron, and now it's like you know Nikon and Canon. Um, are, you know, are, they're like the last two, um, like the last two people fighting it out in like, uh, in the, in Kashmir or something, you know, like India and Pakistan called the truth a thousand years ago, but the two guys in the, in the towers, you know, in the Alps, keep are shooting yeah, they keep shooting at each other. Yeah. Meanwhile, back down in the real world, you know, Sony and Fuji and Sigma and Tamron are running away with everything. Um, people are discovering that, hey, I can pick up a brand new like Tamron 50 to 200 for $1,500 less, and it's better than the Nikon lens. And it's not just, you know, and it's it's the tests and the lab tests prove it out. So, yeah, yeah. The, the, the the Sigma lens, like we, the company owns the first version of the, the 120 yeah. to 300, mm-hmm. and that was, it's a decent enough lens. It's yeah. not a great pool lens simply because I don't, the, the, the original build quality of that lens mm-hmm. was okay, but it wasn't, you know, anybody who's in this business knows that if you're, if a pool lens is, is, basically long for I didn't do it or short for I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that lens, you know, gets, it got a lot of wear. Um, I've kind of taken it out of the rotation to keep it safe at times. I have it in, 
I used to carry it myself, and I just put it back in the equipment cabinet. We'll see how it rides. But I've used the new version of that lens. Yeah, how's it? And that thing is awesome. Awesome. The one twenty to three hundred. Its build quality is way better. It's uh, it's sharp as a tack. It's a beautiful piece of equipment. And I thought that well, if I if I were to go because I don't shoot a ton of sports, but I shoot enough breaking news that having a 120 to 300 in the trunk of the car mm-hmm. is yeah. better for me with a crop sensor on the mm-hmm. 500 than buying the 200 to 400 28. Yep. And even if you bought it, you could get the the new Sigma for, I believe, less than you could get from KEH, which everything I've ever bought from KEH that was supposed to be excellent or excellent plus looks like it came new and they just left it out. They took it out of the box. Yeah. So if you're ever looking for used gear, people go to KEH. That these guys are the bomb. If they're yep. telling you it's excellent plus, it's excellent it plus. Yep. Um, but yeah, that that 120 to 300 man. That's it. I mean, the nice thing about buying these lights that I bought is it's small incremental purchases. You know, yep. fifty nine, sixty nine dollars here, one hundred and thirty nine dollars here. So you don't feel like you're you're busting your budget. You yep. know, or if you're especially if you're paying. Like I bought a lot of this with my own cash, and I'll walk with it if the paper went out of business tomorrow. Um, simply because I like to have my own stuff um, mm-hmm. and the stuff that I, the company owned, I gave to the kids. Um, but the, uh, but I would like to own that 120 to 300 yeah. mm-hmm. because that is just, it's like an all purpose sports news yeah. crop sensor. Yeah. If you're shooting yeah. full frame, that 200 to 400, Boom. you know, I mean, just like um, uh, uh, Brian Casella said when he was doing the world series podcast i mean that's the industry standard now for sports photography is that that 200 to 400 i mean that that's the that's the lens to have i mean but that that's like a sixteen thousand dollar lens i mean well maybe i should look it up before i I think it is no yeah i think it's uh i think it's it might be be 12 but it's it's over ten thousand dollars i think yeah i know um you know it's funny because when i have whenever i have people ask me what camera stuff they should buy for the longest time i always you know steer steered them away from, you know, Sigma and Tamron lenses yeah. and things mm-hmm. like that. And yeah. that's starting to change. And yeah. um, even when, you know, when I was buying lenses and putting a kit together, I went Nikon um, because I nothing makes me crazier than buying stuff twice. Like nothing yeah. makes me crazier mm-hmm. than buying stuff twice. But um, Or saying it twice. Or saying it twice. <laughs> oh, I hate saying it twice. <laughs> saying it twice. Uh, I'm going to go get the papers. Only thing get worse would be a third time. Yeah, right. Yeah, get the papers. <laughs> anyway, uh, but now it's, I mean, it's, you know, they're they're lighting a fire. And I, I, and I don't know what's going on. It, it's so easy to talk bad about Nikon. It's so easy to talk bad about Canon. But they focused on a bunch of consumer cameras. And who didn't see the end of consumer cameras? Yeah. You know, like with iPhone. iPhones yeah. and, Sam, you know, whatever, Samsungs and blah, yeah. blahs and all that. You know, it's just, why would you put a bunch of money into R&D into consumer cameras? It just blew my mind. And then Nikon comes out with a GoPro. You know, the year GoPro is is turning feet up and, and you know, they're mm-hmm. scrambling to cut costs and trying to save money. And it's just, it's just it, I don't know, it's like they're spinning a wheel and letting monkeys throw darts at it to figure out what, <laughs> what they're going to go after. It just yeah, the, makes um, me bonkers. Yeah, just to quickly clarify, the Canon, the Canon from B&H is uh, $10,999. Mm-hmm. For so the two hundred to four hundred, the two hundred to four hundred, according to the, and that has like a built-in teleconverter, right? Yeah. That's how it does that. Yeah. yeah, and if you go to Forty Second Street Photo, they say it's currently on sale for nine thousand seven hundred ninety-nine dollars. <laughs> I'm gonna go get my checkbook right now, except yeah, I don't yeah. even shoot Canon. You know, so, I think I think that um, companies like oh, well, Sigma, I think, is driving the market in terms of lens offerings. I can't say that they're really driving it in terms of ten, lens technology. But when the newspaper bought that Sigma, that 130 to 200, or that 130 to 300, 2.8, six years ago or whenever it was, I don't. I, maybe there was like a, a Canon variant of that on the market for a ton more money. But you know, the companies like Sigma who offer that thing at a much lower price then force the hands of the bigger companies to get some really serious offerings. So it's, I mean, they're really kind of driving the demand in the market yeah that that we i think that that lens is probably 10 years old maybe yeah so the reason why i bought it was the company gave me x thousand couple thousand dollars Mm -hmm. and a used 
another used Nikon 300-2.8 AFS or whatever. I don't think AFS was available whenever that was. Whenever I bought it, it wasn't. But it was, I could buy a new Nikon or a used Nikon. A used Nikon. Excuse me, a used Nikon for more than I bought that new. And I thought, well... New lens warranty. It's a yeah. pool lens. Um, yeah. It's been the, it's been in the shop two three times in the in the yep. in its lifespan. It needs, um, I think it it needs to be the older version of that lens needs some love and care. Um, mm-hmm. But the the newer version of it is a beast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just yeah. it's a cannon. I yep. mean, and and by cannon I mean like it fires. Um, like a weapon. I, I just, it's, it's heavy. It's not, yeah. it's not a light lens. It's not, a, it's not a lens. You're going to mon- have to monopod it. I mean, yeah. if you're, oh, yeah, you yeah gotta... I mean, it's not, it's not light, <laughs> no. but um, it's certainly a wonderful piece of glass that I would love to own. Um, if in the event, my wife wants to buy one for me. Hint, <laughs> <laughs> hint. So anyway, yeah. so what's on the quickly, what's on your wish list? Oh man, what's not on my wish list? Yeah. Um, I would really like to. I wouldn't mind putting another XT2 in my bag. Um, I, does that happen this year? Maybe not. I don't know. Because um, right now my my uh, kind of default second shooter's bag is the XT2, and then an X100T, which is a fixed. Um, I think it's a 30 millimeter, which equates to like I don't know. Maybe maybe it equates to 30. And it's actually like a 24 or something like that. Um, I wouldn't mind putting another XT2 in my bag and maybe getting dropping the X100T. Um, other than that, I would love to. Uh, well, I would like to get a couple of uh, um, of the long thin strip boxes for um, like seniors, high school seniors, and stuff like that, um, and for the Paul C Buff mount. Um, that might happen sooner than another new body. We'll see. Yeah, I'm. I've got my eyes on a Speedlight mod kit, either from Rogue or from Magmod. I like both of what they really do. I've already have a good amount invested in the Rogue system with gels and um, the holders and all that sort of stuff. So I'll probably go down that road. But I really like what Magmod does with um, Speedlight modifications. Really awesome stuff. It's probably something I'll pick up here in the near future. The thing that might be a little ways off, I, I really need to update my 70 to 200. Um, the lens I've got is sharp. It's a Sony Zeiss lens, but it's the first generation of that lens, and it doesn't have an ultrasonic motor. It's just really slow. Um, you know, it's good. You know, outside if I'm shooting, you know, daylight soccer or something, it's fine. But anything less than that, I, I really need. I like, just can see yeah. Paul. Hey, yeah. I'm just gonna go, honey. Oh, can you watch <laughs> yeah, the baby? Yeah. I'm gonna go shoot some daylight soccer. <laughs> yeah, never happened. With my slow yeah, lens. With my slow lens, yeah. So I mean, it's a good two eight lens with a good range, but um, just being a first generation lens, it's the, it doesn't have a fast motor. So I really would like to pick up probably a Tamron lens to replace it. That's uh, probably what I'm gonna do. So yeah. The um. <laughs> The seventy, the seventy, seventy to two hundred problem. Mm-hmm. Mine is in the shop at MPS right now, and then within an hour and a half of each other, mm-hmm. Meg walks up to me and goes, "There's something wrong with my seventy of to two hundred. I'm like, yeah. "Okay, yep. you know." I'm like, "Well, I'm carrying the the company backup, so I'm like, well, you've got to go cover basketball tonight." And then Brian's like, "Oh yeah, my there's something wrong oh, with my shit. seventy to two hundred too." Jesus. You gotta be kidding me! <laughs> we have three seventy to two hundreds in the shop at the exact same uh-huh. time, and luckily Brian still has his his Canon body and seventy two hundred, so he's using that. I, on the other hand, gave Meg the working backup and went down into my basement into a Pelican case and opened my <laughs> Pelican case and pulled out my generation be- prior. I mean, the thing, it's the 80 to 200 yep. autofocus. Oof. It's a beast. I know the one yeah. you mean. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a weightlifting exhibition. Yeah. It's a beautiful lens. Yeah. It's sharp as a tack. Mm-hmm. But it's the autofocus isn't working. Uh, oh, so it's a so, so yeah. no basketball for you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm shooting stuff manual. I'm shooting manual focus with it. And Perfect. I, you know, if I wanted to get in a time machine and go back to the life before 
I'm not from the past. Yeah. I'm from now. Yeah. So that's a pain in the ass. I'm hoping that Nikon gets me my lens by the end of the week, and, and then I can send that in yeah. and say, hey, tell I'm me if this will ever work again. Because it, I pulled it out of the box. I attached it to the D500. It went... Yep. I'm like, oh, a little squeaky, but still works. You know, I won't shoot a funeral with it, but <laughs> <laughs> dead. It's not Man. working anymore. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> so all I could think of when you said it makes it makes a nice frame when you're talking about your camera was that um, your camera takes good pictures. My camera takes good pictures. It does. It works. I ain't lying. It's funny. Yeah. You were going, good I'm times. like, yeah, I'm like thinking about, I'm like, where can I throw that joke in? Where, and you're just on a roll. I'm like, there's no place to insert the joke without coming off like an yeah. asshole. Yeah. No, I just, uh, yeah. yeah, but it was, you know, to the uninitiated ear, I thought, well, your camera's doing all the work, Todd. You yeah. got nothing to do. <laughs> I, I just it, attach it to my forehead and point it I where just, it goes. Yeah. Oh, too dark. Yeah. Turn dial. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I, uh, it's, it's, it's nice. I'm, you know, I'm enjoying it. I, I, uh, if your wife's happy, yeah, my wife's happy. Then you're happy. Yeah, and then I'm happy. She's pretty happy. Um, yeah, but it's been a, a good, uh, a good addition to the bag. I'll, you know, we'll see, you know, give me, uh, you know, to the end of the year. And, and like I said, I'd like to get proficient enough that I, you know, I trust it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but nothing makes me crazier than fiddling around with stuff and going through menus. And there, there are a couple of things that, and the nice thing about Fuji is they let you reassign function buttons. That's awesome. Yeah. So you can reassign a function button to, uh, to do something else, you know, um, and that's helpful. And that's really, that's the, that's the ball Nikon's got to get on. Yep. Um, but I was going to say, you know, Nikon's got some sort of double secret camera coming out that's been rumored pretty heavy that, uh, it's like ISO across the board and all this stuff. And I'm, and I'm, when you were asking me earlier what might happen, um, I might wait to see what that is. Um, cause I, I noticed today the 810's on sale. They're, mm-hmm. they're discounting that. So I'm going to guess it'll be for that. It'll be to replace the 810. And that's ballpark price range, kind of where I think I'm going to be mm-hmm. 22, 23. Yeah. And, um, you know, and we'll see. But I, you know, it's, you know, it's I the flash stuff, um, you know, it's, it's like Nikon wants out of the flash business. It's, I think Canon's the same way. They, you know, they're throwing camera or flashes out there. It's 600 bucks. Are you yeah. goofy? Mm-hmm. Like who's got. Not you know, when I can get these flash points no, yeah. for, for, you know, the TTL, bucks, the TTL bucks. version is 120. Yeah. yeah. With a remote you know? built in. With yeah. a remote built in. Yeah, I mean, insane. hello. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it just seemed like a no brainer for yeah. me. Yeah. And I, yeah. I had someone say, well, but you can't get them repaired. Hey, for a hundred bucks. Right. Where, where are you getting a Nikon flash repaired for a hundred bucks? You're mm-hmm. not, man. Yep. You know, throw it away. Go grab another one. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yep. All right, boys. Well, thank you for coming in. Thank you. I Thanks appreciate it. We should do these things more often. And unfortunately, yeah, you know, time got away from us. And we've got some ideas in the works, but we'll get to those later. But anyway, I'm Todd Meisner. I'm Todd Walden. I'm Paul Coletti. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you next time. The Talking Pictures Podcast is produced by Todd Meisner with help from Todd Welvert, Meg McLaughlin, Brian Achenbach, and Gary Cranbeck. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod at www.incomputech.com. To see some of the photos and videos discussed in our podcast, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog at talkingpicturespodcast.blogspot.com. The Talking Pictures Podcast is a production of The Dispatch, The Rock Island Argus, and QCOnline.com, with a special thanks to Laura Frames, Randy Fisk, and Laura Anderson Shaw. Make sure you never miss a podcast by subscribing to The Talking Pictures Podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud.